This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. Greed, hate, jealousy, revenge. These are the poisonous seeds of murder. Yes, murder. From the full bag pages of Agatha Christie's unforgettable stories of corpses, clues, and crime, we bring you, complete with bowler hat and brave mustache, your favorite detective, Hercule Poirot. Are you buying only what you need these days? The way you manage your wartime income vitally affects the welfare of the whole nation. Now make a plan of spending and saving. Put aside in savings, insurance, and above all, war bonds as much of the family income as possible. Today in wartime, buy only what you need. Now, America's favorite mystery writer, Agatha Christie, brings you her world-famous little Belgian detective, Hercule Poirot, in the case of the roving corpse. Voilà, my dear Abby. The perfect finish to a perfect night. What does it mean, this? Well, to tell you the truth, Chief, I've eaten better. That lettuce is wilted. Oh, mon dieu, mon dieu, mon dieu. When I invite you to be my secretary and assistant, Abigail, it was because your little gray cell had some education. However, after four months in my employ, I am forced to conclude that your stomach has none. This salad is called Zetu Fatigue. In Europe, I assure you, it is to be obtained only in the finest of restaurants. Well, it just goes to show you, 50 million Frenchmen can be wrong. I'll still take my lettuce, crisp and crunchy, if you don't mind. I do not mind. If you choose to remain a barbarian, that is your privilege. But the main purpose that you enjoy, did you not have hmm? What? Oh, yeah, the shrimps were delicious. Not shrimps, Abby. Escargot. Escargot. Nails. Oh, good heavens, in the way I walked them down. I never even noticed. Mademoiselle, you are a great disappointment to me. Not to notice snakes. Incredible. Something troubles you, eh? Uh, you seem a little distrait, a little absent-minded. You notice everything, don't you? As a matter of fact, I am kind of puzzled. But you do not wish to confide in me. Well, I don't like to bother you with my little problems. But it is annoying me. Why I keep sticking my neck out, I'll never know. What did the neck encounter? A man. Aha. Uh-huh. I picked him up in Central Park. Oh. He was young and handsome. Light brown hair, gray eyes, about six foot one, broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. You are not always so observant. Adrian, what is it about this young man that bothers you? Well, for one thing, he's close. You see, his hair was nicely trimmed, his fingernails were well cared for, but he was wearing the dirtiest hobo outfit I ever laid eyes on. I see. 
Whereupon you raised the eyebrows. I did more than that. I went right up and spoke to him. And then I really got a shock. So? Out of that tramp came the fanciest English who ever heard. Yes. He the willies. I can't get over it. Uh, I see you will not be the station secretary for a few poirot until this mystery is solved. You may bring him this gentleman. What? <laughs> you may bring him in, Abby. When I finish the noir, I will observe your man. Sergeant, you. But holy jumping cod, this house you know I had in here. Very simple, man. Here we are in my apartment. All the time you are describing him, your eyes wandering to the corridor. Yes. And to our luncheon, your ears have been listening to sounds other than those made by me. <laughs> Bring your man in, Abby. I will tell you. I'm telling you right now, Chief, you won't get a thing out of him. Nevertheless, bring him in. Okay, Chief. He's all yours. Won't you come in? Come in, come in, young man. You sit down here, huh? My name is Hercule Poirot. How do you do? And you? May I know your name? No. What's that? I don't know my name. I don't remember anything about myself. Oh, so amazing. You see, Chief, that's why I had to bring him here. I couldn't just leave him on the park then. Of course not, Abby. You did well to bring him. Perhaps we can get this you. Do you think you can, sir? We can pass. It's no fun thing this way. No fun at all. I'm sure it is not. Tell me, Miss Lee. How long have you been in this way? Well, I, I don't know exactly. It seems like two hours. Oh, wait, Miss Lee. Let us commence from the beginning. What is the first thing you remember? I. There was a white house. Strong light. It, it was the street light. Uh-huh. I was lying under it looking up. Were you hurt? Any pain? Not pain exactly. I just felt groggy. I pulled myself up and, and began brushing my clothes. Then I stopped. They said it was strange to come up. My clothes. I looked around and realized I didn't know where I was. And then I got panicked. I realized I didn't know who I was, where I came from, or where I belong. Ah, my poor one. That is a terrible situation in which to find oneself. What did you do? I began wandering around. Oh, I was stunned for a moment. I you come back. And I figured I'd look around, perhaps find something familiar. Find out why I'd come to that place. There's no go. Oh, you poor man. I don't know how long I roamed around. Finally, I got tired, terribly tired. I dropped down on that park bench where this kind lady found me. The name Daddy. Don't you remember anything before that? No. Your mother? Oh, no. Just get a warm, pleasant feeling at that moment. Miss your flow. What shall I do? Go to a doctor or to a hospital? You may have to do that. But it is not urgent. You are quite safe with us for the present. I presume you have gone through all your garments. There is nothing in the pocket, no paper, nothing. No, I did not expect there would be. You 
You see, monsieur, those are not your garments. They are much too small. The trousers are old and baggy, but the bags are two inches above your knees. And your elbows protrude at the wrong places. Why should anyone want to change clothes with me? Well, maybe you had a nice suit on. Maybe a uniform. A policeman's uniform. That's it, you're a cop. You're closing in on the crooks. Counterfeiters, maybe, or, or kidnappers. They conk you on the head and then steal you out. Abby, you are employing the imagination again. Not the little guy, sir. It's not imagination. It's a woman's intuition. What's wrong with my theory? Nothing. Except it is only a theory. There are a thousand theories, for example. The young man is not as hard up, but a dangerous convict. He escapes from the prison, overcomes a harmless beggar, and exchanges his stifled prison suit for these filthy but honest rags. Bosh! Precisely. Idiot. We have already had too much of the conversation. The time has come for action. Action? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? We are going to retrace the young man's steps. Perhaps we'll be returned to the exact place from which he started. He will find what? Himself? Come, 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 my dear Abby. This is not the moment to admire the irises. Hmm? Let us find the bench on which you discover this unfortunate young man. It was right around here somewhere. I, I remember the excitement. Uh-huh. And the children shouting. I still don't understand it. You say you don't remember anything before this morning. But you were perfectly able to read that sign back there. What is it you do not understand, Abby? Well, he certainly didn't learn how to read again this morning. That much he remembers from his past. We amnesia is a strange affair. The victim remembers many things. How to talk, how to read, the geography. Uh, where is Paris, monsieur? France. You see? Again. Henri Wadsworth. Long Voilà. Gosh. You must be Clifton Fadiman. Don't you really remember your name? What did the kids used to call you? I... I'm afraid it's no use. Isn't it on the tip of your tongue? Oh, chief. Here it is. He was sitting right here on this bench, looking lonesome as a scarecrow on a deserted farm. Hey, Jefferson, now we commence. You will now show us how you arrived here. Did you come from that direction, not one, or from the other direction? Let me see. Uh, oh, yes. I came along that path. I'm sure of that. Now we shall pick up the scent like veritable hounds of the blood. Meanwhile, but we cannot constantly call you Monsieur. We must create for you the name. I've got it. I found him in the park. Let's call him Parker. Magnifique. Monsieur Parker, let us march. Well, Parker, what say you now? Which way the driver awaits your bidding? Wait a minute. It'll come to me. I, I remember standing in front of that drugstore, staring and staring into the mirror. I must have come from around the corner. Turn left, driver. That big building on the right, it's a library, isn't it? 
That's what it says. Good. Straight ahead, driver. You appear puzzled, Doctor. Well, I, I, I don't remember this at all. So many cars and people. We must have gone wrong somewhere. Let's go back to that market. So, and with your permission, we will stop there for just a moment to purchase some magnificent artichokes I observed in the window. Huh? Well, here we are. Here's the lamp post where it all started. Now what? I... I don't know of it. There's something I, I, I can't quite grasp. Gently, gently, breathe in. Some odor, perhaps. Yes. Yes, it's coming to me. I seem to remember. Well, is there is there water around here, a lake? Or... But of course, monsieur, the river. It is just at the end of the street. Come, you will find yourself yet. I hear Hercule Poirot say it. No, it's not this way, I'm sure. Back, back there, I felt closest to it. Back near the wall. Very good. We will go back. But there's nothing there, just a dirty little dog. True, mademoiselle. As you say, a dirty little dog. But it is precisely from such a place that our friend Parker's clothes must have come. Here, here's the spot. Right here, that feeling comes over me. Feeling that I've been here before. But we looked all around. Then we must examine the interior. Where are you going, Chief? I will only take a glance here among the debris. Uh, be careful. You will mess up your clothes. Oh, it does not matter. They have already lost the clue of you. I have, in fact... Chief, are you all right? Parker, Abby, come here, please. What is it, Monsieur Poirot? Have you found something? Oui, monsieur. For the certainty, I have found something here behind these barrels. Yes, my dear Abby, the lady is unquestionably dead. This is murder. Join the waves. It starts off with six weeks of boot training. This is followed by an assignment to a Navy base for active duty or to a Navy specialty school for further training. Now, the pay is good, attractive uniforms are provided, and any girl who joins the waves gains invaluable training and experience. So, join the waves. No, Abigail, I find no marks of identification on the body. The purse, it is empty. The label is ripped from the purse jacket. Even the shoes are mutilated. Something codfish. What are we getting into? First, we have Parker, dressed like a hobo. And now we have a corpse, dressed like a million. We? But both of them have one thing in common, identity unknown. Nevertheless, my dear Abby, I have a little idea. Be sure to listen tomorrow when Agatha Christie, America's favorite mystery writer, brings you her world-famous detective, Hercule Poirot, in the second chapter of the case of the roving corpse.
clever murderer is so busy counting his chickens, he is likely to leave the stable door unlocked. Nispa. From the thrill-packed pages of Agatha Christie's unforgettable stories of corpses, clues, and crime, we bring you, complete with bowler hat and brave mustache, your favorite detective, Hercule Poirot. As our armies push ahead in Europe and the Pacific, the fighting grows more furious, and the number of men that need medical treatment thus grows in proportion. Particularly needed at this time are registered nurses. They'll be accepted by the army immediately and will enter with the rank of second lieutenant. Nurses, join today. And now, America's favorite mystery writer, Agatha Christie, brings you her world-famous little Belgian detective, Hercule Poirot, in The Case of the Roving Corpse. Monsieur Parker, Parker, stop, please. Oh, it's you, Poirot. Thank heavens you're here. I'm terrified. You'd better do something quickly. Well, you overrate my exceptional gifts, mon ami. I can do nothing. Yet, but... Why did you disappear, you and Abigail, from the restaurant where we went so I could telephone with Inspector Stevens? Because I suddenly remembered something. Vraiment? Ah, good. Your memory is beginning to come back, perhaps, Parker? The amnesia wears off. No, no. No, Poirot. I can't remember back past this morning. Everything's still blank. Ah, well, let us try again to help it. You do remember that this morning my secretary, Abigail, found you wandering in the park. You were dressed in clothes that obviously do not belong to you. You could remember nothing at all of your past, not even your name. So for the sake of convenience, we gave you the name of Parker. Yes, that's right. And then we tried to retrace my footsteps from where I first came to myself. Ah, bon. We arrived finally at the waterfront at a dock just around the corner from here. And you thought the place looked familiar. Can you remember why? No. There was just something about it that... that... And then we found that young woman's body. Ah, and by a strange coincidence, she also had no identifying marks of any kind. Obviously, they had been removed by the one who shot her. Do you think it might have been that young clerk from the express office nearby? Monsieur Fred Asher? Yes. It is possible. If you remember, he said he had never seen the young woman. Yet, I found his footprints in the ashes near her body. Eh bien, what was it you remember then? Had you perhaps met this young Asher before? Oh, no, sir. All I remembered was the word toy. Oui. And it was tied up in, in some way with a large, shadowy building at the end of this street. Oh, this is all hopeless. I'll never find myself. Oh, you will please leave that to me. At the moment, I concern myself rather with finding my secretary, Abigail. Where is she? I don't know. You do not know? But you are together. Yes, but she left me to take a look down this street. Come on. You see, I got a feeling I'd been here before, and she wanted to check up. She just couldn't wait for you. And you permitted her to go alone? Yes. Oh, I guess I shouldn't have. Well, then I got worried, and I went after her. But when I turned the corner, she was gone. Monsieur, you are quite sure you did not see her? You have not lost your memory again? No, no, I'm positive. Then perhaps you will explain the presence of that object in your hand. The object? Oh, the bag. Abby's bag. Oui, monsieur. Well, I was just going to show it to you. I I picked it up on the sidewalk there. Surprise to you, you pick up the the, the pocketbook and you simply stand there and do nothing. Monsieur, this is too much. Come, come, you will show me precisely where you found it. All right. It was right here, in front of this dark building. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, Monsieur Poirot. I, I tell you, I'm afraid. 
There's something sinister here. Something that robbed me of my memory. Oh, mais regardez, Parker, it is merely a warehouse. And I cannot leave you here, and I cannot leave her there. We must enter. But I have no fear, mon ami. You are with Hercule Poirot. Toys, second floor. I told oui, you. Oui, I... that sign interests me very much. Hmm? You will observe that the other signs are covered with thick dust, but this one has only recently been wiped clean. Abby. Precisely. Please to squeeze the bell for the elevator and let us hope we are not too late. Tiens, there is no attendant. No, this is automatic. You just press the button for two. Oh. I can't understand what toys have to do with me and with that dead woman. Who do you suppose she is? Oh, these questions will be answered some other time. Just now. Voila, at the end of the hall. Jolly toys. This place doesn't look jolly to me. Gives me the creeps. Did you hear that? Oh, it is Abby. Come, we must hurry. Here, Paul. This door here. Here, Abby, Abigail! Uh, be calm, Abigail, and stand back. Monsieur Parker will storm the door. Une fois encore. Oh, jump in, Codfish. Am I glad to see you? Are you all right? We thought well, you were. Oh, I'm all right now, I guess. I, I was awful scared, though. Oh, naturally. Uh, tell me, mademoiselle. How did you arrive in this predicament? Well, I saw the sign downstairs. Which you wash off with your sleeve. Uh-huh. So I came up here and began mm. looking around. The, the, the door offered no obstacle. No, it was open. I saw the place was empty, so I walked right in. Then, suddenly, the door banged shut behind me. I never realized there was such a draft in that hall. That is because there is no draft. What? Well, then, what made the door slam? Who knows? Perhaps you yourself closed it oh, unconsciously. No, no. In fact, I rushed right over to open it, but... The spring lock had caught. It is strange that you could not open it from within. An unusual lock. Oh, no, it's not so unusual. No? No, I know a little about these things. I used to fold around with them. No, it's just jammed. You see? Yes, I, I see. Very interesting. Eh bien, now that we are happily reunited, let us return to the dock and the unhappy friend. Oh, wait, Chief, just one moment. What now, Abby? Uh, Parker, step over here, please. Hmm? I, uh, right. I, uh, I want to try a little experiment. I'm going to open up this box suddenly. I want you to look in and say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Well, yes, I'm ready. Go ahead. Susie. Susie? Who's she? Who's Susie? Well, I... I don't know. It just came to me when I looked at these dolls. Oh, are you sure? Doesn't it mean anything to you? Uh, perhaps as a child you had a doll named Susie. No, I don't quite see myself playing with a doll, do you? Oh, that monsieur would depend on the doll. Now, these dolls I find of extraordinary interest. I think they're ugly. True. They are not very attractive, but their construction. Hmm. Ingenious, huh? The heads unscrew off. Well, I didn't notice. Of course not. That is your weakness. Mm. You do not observe the essentials. For example, you have no doubt overlooked another strange thing. 
What's that, Poirot? Well, is it not peculiar that in this, the establishment of the Jolly Toy Company, there should be so few toys, jolly or otherwise? Say, by George, that is queer. Well, maybe in those big cases. I do not think so. I have moved one or two. They are exceedingly light. Yeah, I'll take a look. This one's empty. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, this one, too. I wonder if... How do you do? Of course you give me a turn. Really? I'm so sorry. Bonjour, monsieur. Quite. You all seem so very busy. I, I hope my arrival hasn't inconvenienced you. Perhaps I can even help. Oh, that is possible, in a sense. In a sense? Oui. You see, we are endeavoring to clear up some baffling events. For example? Uh, for example, there is the matter of an unknown lady, but recently murdered down by the river. Intriguing, no? No. Hmm. Then there is the matter of this young man who leans so gravely against the wall, staring at you. He has lost his memory. Uh, a case of temporary amnesia. Indeed. My sympathies, young man. Uh, for the moment, we have named him Parker. <laughs> a little jest of my secretary since she made his acquaintance in the Central Park. A pleasant bit of whimsy. But monsieur is not amused. Why do you say that? It is obvious, is it not? The lips smile, but the eyes, they are not friendly. Forgive me. I'm not familiar with the etiquette of the situation. You see, it's not customary for me to come into my place of business and discover three very cool trespassers, one of whom is extremely talkative. I see you are becoming irritated. Obviously, that is due to bad cooking. I can assure you, monsieur Jolly, that with the proper seasoning... The name is Brownlee. Sidney Brownlee. Enchanté. And you're right. I am a little tired of the performance you're giving, with that ridiculous accent and the comic opera moustache. The accent, I assure you, is of the greatest authenticity, as are the moustaches. I present myself, Hercule Poirot. Charmed, I'm sure. Now, if you'll all... What was that name? Hercule Poirot. You have perhaps encountered it? I've heard of you, of course. They say you're the greatest French detective the world's ever known. Oh, always people tell me that, but it is not quite true. I am Belgian, not French. Well, this puts a different complexion on the matter. Assuming, of course, you're here on legitimate business and not on some private skullduggery. Oh, have no fear, monsieur. We are here only in the interest of our unfortunate Parker. You see, Mr. Brownlee, Parker has the most persistent feeling that his past is somehow tied up with his plays. Hmm? He's mistaken. Monsieur is quite certain? Quite. Turn your face toward me, Parker. That's it. Now, turn round slowly. You... You don't know me, do you? Sorry, old man. No, Poirot. I have never seen him before in my life. Hmm. Well, that leaves us just where we were. I'd almost rather know I committed the murder myself than have this uncertainty. Well, I still say it's mighty funny. Parker came to this place like a homing pigeon, and he knew there were toys here. He didn't see that in any crystal ball. I'm sorry, I can't help you. We are all sorry. I regret, too, that we found it necessary to dismember this door. Had we but known that you were in the building... (laughs) No. No, Poirot. It won't do. I was not in the building. I just came in. Ah, that is a pity. Alors, we will disturb you further. Abby, Parky, let us march. <clears throat> we will leave Monsieur Brownlee here to amuse himself with his toys while we return to the corpse. Must we, Chief? Well, of course, if Parker is the murderer after all, Inspector Stevens would like to meet him. Do you really think that wait, I might... Wait, wait. Mm. 
Monsieur Chauffeur appears to be having the difficulty starting the engine. Hardly. I came here on foot. So? Then who may that be? Chief, that window faces front. Hello, where? It's a big black car. Ah, c'est dommage. I should have liked to converse with that person. Not some other time, perhaps. But at the moment, allons. I'll take you out to the elevator. Monsieur is too kind. Not at all. I shouldn't like to see anything else happen to you. Here we are. Abby, shouldn't the elevator be up here? What? I mean, no one has gone down, down that we know of. Very good, Parker. Very good indeed. I too was wondering. Step right in, folks, and... Oh, there's a lady sitting there. Good Lord. <coughs> She's dead. She is still dead. Do you not recognize her? Oh, jumping codfish. It's the corpse we found at the wharf. Accidents to farmers lost twice the number of man hours needed to produce the average annual wheat crop of the United States. And therefore, accidents on the home front must be sharply reduced. And yet in the first half of 1944, traffic accidents had gone up 10% over the last year. Remember your ABCs. Always be careful. Chief, I, I don't get it. What, what's it all about? Who killed this woman? Who is she? What's she got to do with Parker? Calm yourself, my dear Abigail. Oh, calm myself. With a corpse staring at me from an elevator floor? Mr. Poro, how did she get here? Ah, ah my dear Abby. Oh. Now you are employing the little gray cells. When we know that, we know everything. Meanwhile, I have collected a few more little ideas. Be sure to listen tomorrow when Agatha Christie, America's favorite mystery writer, brings you her fur world-famous little detective, Hercule Poirot, in the fourth chapter of The Case of the Roving Corpse.